Uh, welcome to Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. I was definitely having an off day today. I don't know if it's because of all the pastries I ate in the past couple of days. Or if it was just existential dread kicking in. that can always get you out of it is good old-fashioned writing uh, in any form it takes. So this is Quarantine Spook Show. Uh, this is the show where I tell improvised horror stories. I pull audience-submitted titles from a jar and then make up the stories from there. Submit any titles, you can send them to quarantine spook show at gmail.com. Alright, let's begin. And this first story is called Wang Doodle. David liked to draw uh, wangs in his notebook at school. Uh, little Davy was proud of all the wang doodles. Started off small at first. Uh, taking a chemistry class that he never quite paid attention to. And to his defense, uh, his chemistry teacher was uh, pretty inept at teaching chemistry. Uh, certainly no Walter White. day, uh, about ten pages into his notebook with all these haphazard notes. Didn't quite make any sense to him, or really to anyone else, even with a comprehensible understanding of chemistry. 
started to draw a wang. It was a small wang at first, uh, a pretty standard design of a wang doodle. Just a one line of a, a long loop, and then two smaller loops, uh, representing the balls. And he was into it, so he, uh, started to draw several more on that page. And eventually, for all the notes on that page, uh, he just filled the margins with a bunch of little wang doodles. He started off as a couple of haphazard cartoons, then he started to get into it. And whenever you take notes for chemistry, you just draw a bunch of wangs in the margins, and eventually wangs just blended in with the notes. It was only a matter of time before that notebook was solely dedicated to wangs and wang doodles. He would still do chemistry notes and whatnot, but uh, he would incorporate the wangs into it. If he had to draw a diagram of a molecule, he would uh, wangify it in some way. Eventually the wangs started to get more detailed, taking up larger space on the page, incorporating more veins and hair. Little Davey even started to do a little bit of research online. Uh, whenever, he'd, whenever he'd watch porn, he'd do a quick sketch of uh, the wang in it, and incorporate that realism into his wang doodles. Veins, hair, circumcision, if applicable. And also, it was also a way for, to make school more fun for him. Even when he did take earnest notes in that class, he would uh, do something like, you know, drawing a little wang with some beakers, you know, to get him pumped for chemistry. From his view, uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. And as he showed it to other friends and whatnot, uh, they also started to doodle in that same notebook. Eventually, the notebook became an amalgamation of different Wang contributions. Some of them were collaborative, some of them were more personal. Some of them were personified cartoons. Other of them were just, you know, looked very photographic.
one day, the notebook went missing. David was heartbroken. He kept it in his chemistry binder where he put all of his worksheets. One day I was gone. Tried to retrace his steps, trying to backtrack uh, back to all of his classes. Uh, maybe it was in my chemistry class, maybe it's in the cafeteria. But he couldn't find the notebook. It must have slipped out of his binder at some point, but he kept it. He kept. He considered his Wang Doodle notebook far too precious just lose it willy-nilly. The only actuality he could come up with was if he did lose the notebook, then maybe someone turned it into a lost and found. And by the time he retraced his steps, he wasn't able to recover it. So I eventually went to the principal's office, uh, where the lost and found was. And he was asking the receptionist, like, hey, did you find uh, my notebook under uh, Davy uh, Matthews? And the receptionist was like, oh yeah, Davy Matthews. Yeah, we got your notebook here. And she pulled out a bin. Uh, Full of lost and found stuff. Had a yo-yo, uh... Some video games. And other random notebooks and papers. And then the assistant to the vice principal walked in. He's like, oh, Davy Matthews, you get your notebook? And then Davy was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it right here. And then the, the assistant to the vice principal said, yeah, you know, I was the one that found it. And Davy was just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah? And then the assistant to the vice principal said, yeah, and, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, dick notebook you had, uh, I did you a favor and I destroyed it for you. And little Davy was just like, oh, um, wh why? It's not your, pro it's not yours or anything. And the assistant to the vice principal said, well, it's blasphemous and, you know, 
wouldn't want you to have that around. I wouldn't want you to get into any real trouble or anything. And then little Davey was just like, huh, huh, okay. And then without a moment's hesitation, uh, little Davey uh, spit right on the assistant to the vice principal. That right there earned him a week of detention. But in that detention, little Davy stewed. He thought about what was lost, what was destroyed. He thought about all the to pages torn out and thrown in the trash. Or just a notebook discarded altogether. But since he considered the assistant to the vice principal such a Christian nut, that it was easy for him to believe that the, the notebook was burned. And he was telling his friends about it, and about the destroyed a wang doodle notebook and his friends were supportive just like oh that was fucking beautiful man that was just like fine art you know it was a real zeitgeist of you know what we had to offer to the school and how we uh, perceived dicks and all that said, yeah, well, you know, the assistant to the vice principal, that's the real dick right there. And then little Davy's one friend was just like, oh, I know, uh, you want to get revenge on the assistant to the vice principal? Davey thought about it, it was just like, well, I already spit in his face. But yeah, fuck it. I'll get some revenge on the assistance device principal. Davy's friend Damien uh, led him to the library after school at the end of his week of detention. He went to the back of the library and pulled some dusty books off the shelves. said, oh, I didn't know our school had a had an occult section. And then Damien grinned and was just like, every school has an occult section. Because every school might as well be a cult.
where Damien had a book from the occult section in the library and flipped to a page. And it seemed so serenely quiet, uh, even by school library standards. Usually some people were hanging out or doing homework or whatever. But on this day it was extra quiet. Maybe it's because it was a Friday. Maybe because it was for some other reason. started to melt some candle wax and formed a circle on the table, took some beads and put them at the, around the uh, circumference of the circle, and then he slid Davy a piece of paper, and he said, alright, now what I'm going to need you to do is to draw something that encapsulates encapsulates what you've lost. You don't have to overthink it, but just make sure that it captures the essence of what your notebook was about. So little Davia started to draw a, a wangdoodle. But this wangdoodle wasn't like any other wangdoodle. Had a lot of heart, a lot of realism, and a lot of passion. Sure, it's a doodle in technical sense, but he also incorporated some realism into it. It was an amalgamation of the realistic properties of Wang's and the cartoony properties, so they blended together. craft a visceral and penetrating penetrating image of a wang noodle. So then Damien said, alright, now we're gonna recite a curse chant. So just say it with me. Harold Malone, we curse you with what you have taken. And then they repeated that phrase over and over. And as they were both jam chanting, uh, Davian took the uh, wang doodle and lit it on fire. And then it burned in the middle of the library. It was quick, so it didn't cause a lot of smoke. Nothing to trigger any fire alarm or to uh, get any librarians to smell the smoke. But the two of them kept chanting, and then it got quieter and quieter. And then Damien held his, held his hand up to get Davy to stop. And 
and Damien said, all right, that should do it. And then little Davey was just like, uh, what, what did that do? And Damien chuckled and said, huh, well, Davey, we did it. We cursed, uh, Harold Malone. And now we have, all we have to do is wait. This next story is called, Do You Know Joe? But Harold Malone knew nothing about that. He was just ending his day as assistant to the vice principal of the school. And he thought he was nailing it. Being jovial and chummy with the students. Flirting with the lunch ladies. take into account how he wronged little Davy. And honestly, he thought he was a little shit for drawing all those dicks. Because God forbid uh, someone uh, articulates himself uh, artistically. Even if it is in the form of dicks. So he was unwinding for the night, uh, playing an old Halo 2 server. between eating ice cream and playing Halo 2. And then it gets a phone call. And then Harold was just like, hello. And then the voice said, do you know Joe? And then Harold said, uh, no, I can't, uh, can't say I do. I don't know any Joes, I don't think. And then the voice said, oh, you will. And then the phone hung up. 
Harold thought it was a little weird, but it wasn't the weirdest phone call that he got. But still, he felt uneasy. Uh, he felt a sense of disquiet throughout the whole afternoon and night. He couldn't quite just put his finger on why. So he went to bed, uh, trying not to think too much of it. Not really wondering about Joe or who he was. Harold tries to sleep, but he can't. It's like his body's uh, making, refusing him sleep. It's like he had a kilo of caffeine. That's how wired he was, and he didn't know why. He tried to relax, but he was just tossing and turning, and then he squeezed his pillow and hugged it. It didn't quite feel like a regular pillow. It felt a bit squishier, yet firm, than he was used to. So he tried to go inside the pillowcase, and felt a little bit fleshy and a bit hairy, so he jumped up and turned on a lamp. And what he saw was that his pillow was full of dicks. It wasn't one kind of dick for sure. Some were hairy, some were veiny. There was even one with little hands that were holding two small beakers. These were not fake dicks, these were, these were not uh, detached dicks, these were human genitalia, fully functional. Now Harold Malone, being a fragile Christian, freaked out at this sight, just like, whoa, a bunch of dicks. So I ran out of his bedroom. Locked himself in. Sat on the toilet trying to relax. He had his phone with him, so he was a screw he was screwing around on that. said, no, I don't know Joe. Who is this? And then the phone went silent. And Harold looked at the phone, and it was also a dick, so he dropped it. He writhed around on the floor.
was freaking out, so I tried to turn on the sink faucet, splash some water in his face. But as the water was one, when the water was running, I tried to splash him on his face, tried to relax a little bit. Looked himself in the mirror, having a an uptight Christian existential plight. Tried to turn off the faucet. Uh, the two handles were dicks, and uh, the water was urine. He freaked out again and tried tried to run to the door bathroom. And when he grabbed the doorknob, uh, guess what happened? Turned into a dick. So he squeezed it and turned it, and uh, the door opened. He didn't know what to do, so he ran out of the house in his pajamas. standing in the middle of a suburban street. Trying to understand what was happening. And he realized that he recognized all these dicks. of them were in the notebook that he confiscated from Little Davy. The same notebook that he paged through and was fascinated by all the artistry that went into all the dicks. And he said to himself, could this have something to do with no, no, that's impossible. He cautiously went back to his house. And then went to his nightstand drawer. And opened it and pulled out Little Davy's dick notebook. The abandoned chemistry notebook. That was filled with cartoon wang doodles from him and all his friends. around his house, in his bedroom, and in his bathroom. And they did strongly resemble the notebooks. So in the middle of the night, he put on his jacket and shoes, and looked up the student registry on his phone. And then went to Little Davy's house, and put the notebook in uh, Little Davy's mailbox and rang the doorbell and then ran off. And it was Little Davy that went to answer the door. And he saw that his notebook was returned to him. And he was just like, oh, thank God, it worked.
Harold Malone walked down the street, almost feeling good about returning the notebook to little Davy. He felt like he was doing the right thing. When he got back to his apartment, there was a little note on his door that said, Do you know Joe? grabbed a note and then crumpled it and then wrote in the back like, no, who is he? And after being wired for another hour or two, Harold woke up and then saw that note uh, crumpled up on the floor. He uncrumpled it and unfolded it. And then the note said, Joe knows you were cursed. targeted for what he wasn't sure and he certainly didn't want to find out all right this next story is called the warm-up Joe was pampering himself in the mirror. He had a hand, hand mirror. Uh, he was sitting on the uh, 
couch in his living room. Adjusting his thin hair. Looking at his brown teeth. He had a lot of liver spots appearing on his forehead. physical appearance that threw people off, but it's that there wasn't quite a soul behind his eyes. And those amplified his more uh, gargoyle features. As he was primping his hair, his grandson came in. And then Joe asked, ah, so Damien, how was, uh, how's the assistance advice principal today? And then Damien said, well, you know, after, uh, you know, after uh, me and little Davy uh, did that curse, like you said, like you said, uh, you know, seems like a uh, Harold Malone turned over a new leaf. I guess little Davy got his book back. Harold Malone just started to be nicer overall to everyone at the school. So, it was, uh, yeah, you're right, uh, Grandpa Joe. It seemed to work out. Grandpa Joe chuckled. Yeah, seemed to work out to an extent. Well, I'm glad little Davy got his way. But I still haven't had my fix yet. You see, little Davy wasn't the only one that had profane notebooks in school. I had one somewhere with all of my friends. Except at the time, it was uh, Herod Malone's grandfather who was had the role of the principal uh, in that school. And eventually his son took over. More than likely, a uh, little Harold Malone, who eventually be principal of the school that you're at now. You see, kid, I'm not after just Harold Malone on his own. I'm after his whole family, his whole lineage. curse with a uh, little Davy. And then Damien said, sure, I'm down for that. 
So later that week, uh, Damien tracked down Little Davy. And then Damien was just like, hey, you should meet me after school. I want to I wanna talk to you about something real quick. Little Davy was just polishing up a nice thick doodle, and he was just like, yeah, sure, I can do that. once again. And then Damien said, well, little Davy, I think we should uh, do another curse again, you know. Against Harold Malone. And then Davey was just like, oh, the assistant to the vice principal. And then Damien was just like, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I'm not really, uh, not super into that. I mean, you know, I think the guy's a dick, personally. But, uh, you know, I got my notebook back. Uh, he seems to have learned something from his curse. So, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna keep drawing pictures of dicks and just go to school and maybe go to college uh, so I can be an anthropologist someday, you know? And then Damien was just like, oh, you don't want to be an anthropologist. You just want to, you want to curse people, right? You badass like a wizard dude. And little Damien was just like, nah, I'm not a, I'm not some Harry Potter dweeb, I don't want to do that. And he started to leave the library, and then Damien was just like, alright, fine, go then. The real reason why, the real, we, the real reason why Damien was upset, because his grandpa Joe never took uh, bad news well, and Damien was afraid of how Joe would react. To not getting little uh, Davy uh, in on the curse. So D Damien went back home and saw Joe uh, in his special chair, his uh, special recliner that's only designated him, even though he sits on couches and everything, but that chair no one else can sit in. He's grooming himself once again in the mirror. said, ah, so did you do the curse? Did it go well? And then Damien was just like, ah, oh, no, not, Dave, little Davey wasn't into it, you know. I didn't even tell him about the blood drawing thing, you know, so I don't think he'd be into that either. Joe put his mirror down and looked at Damien, and he said, this is very upsetting, Damien. trying to teach you the, uh, my ancient ways, but, uh, really letting me down here, champ. And then Damien was just like, look, look, I'm trying, Grandpa, you know, but just not everyone is thirsting for vengeance in the same way you are. And then Joe was just like, oh, no, no, Damien, you got it all wrong. 
Everyone's thirsting for vengeance. They just have to tap into it. Really utilize that hate and fear and all that. And then Joe sits up and he says, like, you know what? How about we do the curse together? It's kind of a complicated curse, and it'd be a shame if you did it unsupervised. Okay, sure, we can give it a go. So they both go in the garage together. Where Joe has all of his equipment for his mysterious rituals. And he starts to set up a ritual in the center of the garage forming a circle of wax and salt, having various artifacts and prized possessions and different elements uh, scattered around the circle. start to chant together, uh, Joe looks at Damien in a very sincere but dark way, and he says, well, you're younger than I am, so you'll have to be the one to draw your own blood for this ritual. And Damien looked nervous, and he said, oh, Grandpa Joe, I don't think I can. And then Joe said, oh, you can do anything that I put your mind to, Damien. Uh, the Malone family as much as I do. But don't you want to see what your untapped potential can do? And Damien's like, uh, yeah, I guess I do. Yes. Yes, Grandpa Joe, I do. Grandpa Joe smiled with his eroded brown teeth. Uh, yes, that's a good boy. So he takes a knife and cuts Damien's hand, and it drips onto the center of the circle. And they both chant together. There's a set of phonetics that uh, Joe taught Damien months earlier, but Damien didn't know what they meant. recited them because that's what Grandpa Joe wanted and he wanted to make Joe proud. So it was about 11.30 at night when they wrap up the ritual. And then Joe tucks in Damien for bed. Damien was certainly too old for that but uh Joe was old-fashioned. And after a ritual like that, he wanted to keep an eye on Damien.
lying down, and Joe's beside him. And then Damien said, I don't know. Uh, I don't really feel good. I'm feeling queasy and dark and empty. And then Joe said, oh, don't, don't, don't worry about that. Uh, you may feel a bit sick or queasy throughout the night. But don't think too much of it. As long as you stay strong, you'll feel fine in the morning. So Joe gets up to leave Damien's bedroom, and then Damien says, uh, uh, good night, Grandpa Joe, and then Joe turns back and he says, uh, good night, Damien, good night, champ. So Joe closes the door, heads downstairs to the living room, and sits on his go-to recliner. on the TV and uh, goes on the archive channel and uh, turns it to a, uh, an episode of General Electric Theater, uh, a television play that uh, starred Ronald Reagan, where he played a magazine writer uh, going to the South, trying to swoon a uh, Southern gal who that her uh, confederate soldier ancestor will come. The television play was called Let It Rain. Joe fell asleep to watching that strange time capsule in American history. wakes up and uh, the news is on. And it just shows footage of a very vicious uh, nighttime fire. The flames were large and reached up past the telephone poles instead of blaze nearby trees. fire ended up burning up uh, a whole block in the neighborhood it was in. And the starting point, the starting point was a, an apartment complex. The same one that Harold Malone lived in. Uh, the newscaster didn't say how the fire started. In fact, it happened so recently that people didn't know yet. Though they were sending an arson investigator to it. So it was too strong of a fire to be just an accident. Or so they thought. They just had footage of, uh... The skeletal structures of buildings that were collapsed. Of the wood and metal and flesh that was burned by the fire. And then the newscaster was listing casualties of the fire. One of them, of course, was Harold Malone. 
watching this, and all I could do was laugh. It was a maniacal, sickly laugh. It was the laughter of someone that haven't had a, that haven't that hasn't had a hard laugh in upwards of 20 years. It's like listening to a motor that you couldn't think would still run, but it's still going. He didn't know how long he laughed for, but it was a wonderful thing to wake up to. The sight of the fire of his enemy and his own uh, jubilant laughter. So Joe, Joe gets up slowly. It hurts his knees a little bit. Certainly not as nimble as he used to be. But he goes upstairs and then uh, taps on Damien's door and he says, uh, Oh, we did it. We did it, Damien. You did a great job. He doesn't hear anything. He knocks again. Damien, I'm talking to you. But still no response. So then Joe opens the door and sees Damien on the bed right where he left him. Then he takes a closer look at him and he's dead. Joe takes a closer look at Damien's body. He sees the wound where he cut his hand. On a closer inspection, inspection, he sees that Damien uh, doesn't have any blood in his body. It's almost as if it evaporated or something like that. Joe uh, analyzes the corpse of his grandson, partially in disbelief. And then he just says, huh, guess Damien wasn't strong enough. And Joe feels a pang of whatever kind of grief he's capable of feeling. Then he left Damien's room. makes a phone call to the local Morgan mortician about a body pickup for his grandson. So then he sits on the recliner, as he does every day, and sits there while he waits for the body pickup to come. So Joe takes his hand mirror and then looks at himself through it. He looks at his rotting teeth, his thinning hair, and his dark soulless eyes.
the last Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. And if you're listening to this show at the time of its recording, I'll be streaming uh, Quarantine Spook Show's one-year anniversary uh, this Saturday, April 10th. So tune into that if you want to listen to a milestone. Good night.